Changing encounter with the Word of God presented to you by the Macarius Church headquarters. This great teaching provides clear and straightforward answers for anyone desiring to walk according to the Word of God. Enjoy some of the most comprehensive and down to earth teachings as taught at the Macarius Church headquarters. I am listening, I am waiting, speak to me. Hallelujah. What a blessing. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for tonight. The entrance of thy word, give it light and give it understanding to the simple. Shine your light in our hearts, O Lord, tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together. May take your seats. Bishop Eddie, at the invitation of Reverend Zakawalala, is in Malawi. Holding a powerful shepherd's camp. And I believe that we are blessed. The link is available for you to soak in the camp. So tonight at this riverside atmosphere, we are going to have a little Bible study on bearing fruits. Amen? Bearing fruits. Hallelujah. I want to pick it up from... A powerful verse that Bishop Eddie has been expounding on in Mark chapter 11. And in Mark chapter 11, verse 12, the Bible says, And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came. If happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eats fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. So what was happening was that Jesus was going to went to Bethany for the night. Then you'd come in the morning to Jerusalem. So, it was in the morning when he saw this fig tree with leaves. So from the description, he was hoping to find something because it had leaves. It had the semblance of life. That there was something it could provide. But when he got there, he saw that there was nothing but leaves. So he said, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter. Verse 20. And in the morning, so he spoke this in the morning. They went to Jerusalem, did business, went back to Bethany. And in the morning, when they were coming back, the, Peter spotted the tree. Says, as they passed by, actually all of them, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remembrance saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree without curses is withered away. So, you can say that Jesus cursed the fig tree 
because it was not showing signs of bearing fruit. So you can call this part, I don't know whether you call this part or this segment or what I'm preaching today, the curse of barrenness. In that barrenness seems to be associated with a curse. In this case, when the fig tree did not bear fruit, a curse was spoken over it. For all time. Never to bear fruit again. It was withered from the roots. Say mercy. And another occasion, Jesus was talking about bearing fruits. In John chapter 15, verse 2, he says something about fruit bearing, which is also frightening. He says, every branch in me that beareth fruit, he taketh, that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruits. Now remember that when we were being taught plus and minus, one of the expressions for minus was take away. So they say, for take away two then it becomes two so taking away is not a very nice thing to happen to anybody but it seems to accompany unfruitfulness or barrenness or not bearing fruits that's why tonight I believe that you and I whatever it takes to escape this curse of barrenness God will help us to do that now whenever you see something in the gospels you can go back to the old testament to see how it was explained so in 2nd Kings chapter 2 verse 19 I would like us to look at the New American Standard Bible I told you it's a little bible study on bearing fruits Starting with the curse of barrenness. So Elisha went into a city and some men approached him and they said, Behold now, the situation of this city is pleasant as my Lord sees. I don't know whether you are noticing something. Because you see, the fig tree was blossoming with leaves. It looked healthy. It looked like any normal fig tree. But there was no fruit. Only leaves. Now look at what the people are also saying about it. They said the land is pleasant. As my Lord says, but the water is bad and the land is unfruitful. Hmm. Could it be that some of us have a facade an appearance a presentation that's very nice i mean when we are, when we are seen we look powerful like the fig tree full of leaves blossoming green like the pleasant land but when you come close we are not bearing fruits Could that be the situation? Tonight God is about to change that. 
the water is bad and the land is unfruitful. Change to the King James, this, this very verse. It says in the King James, no, the, the same is. And the men of the city said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray the situation of this city is pleasant as my Lord said, but the water is not. Hey. And the ground barren. Whichever way you see it, it's not a good situation. Go back to the NASB for the next verse. He said, Bring me a new jar and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Next verse, verse 21. He went out to the spring of water and threw salt in it and said, Thus says the Lord, I purify these waters. There shall not be from there death or unfruitfulness any longer. Wow. Clap for Jesus. Hey. Which also means that where there's unfruitfulness, there is death. Actually, that's what happened to the, the fig trees. And also, one day it was fruitful, the next day it was dead. It was unfruitful, the next day it was dead. At first it was unfruitful, and then it turned to death. So, unfruitfulness is like death. You know, one day, I remember the prophet talking about divorce and death, like comparing the two. And he said that when you go into a house where somebody has died, let's say a husband, his pictures will be there, but he is not there. And you know he's gone forever, never to come back again. But if there's divorce, in fact, you may not even see pictures there. It's like, look, we are already annoyed with you. Why should we keep pictures? <laughs> yeah. So, in a sense, it is worse than death. Actually, death, the spouse is gone, but hopefully he was loved. So in their hearts, there are fond memories. But divorce, he's gone, but there are bitter feelings towards him. <laughs> yeah. Hey. So unfruitfulness may be worse than death. Because we are dead. I mean, you know that, I mean, you can never. But to be alive and to be unfruitful. But that shall not be your story. So as we've looked at what Jesus said about unfruitfulness and what the Old Testament is showing, let's go to the apostles and the epistles. The writer of the book of Hebrews. And you know, all these things are... Actually, let me say something about the Second Kings verse before we go on. In the powerful book Church Planter written by Bishop Dagwood Mills, he describes the land, that type of land, as a salted land, a desert, or a barren land. It speaks of no produce and no life. The land is dead to any kind of seed. And he goes on to say, this is called Melecha barrenness. 
<laughs> and he says, people suffering from miniature are spiritually salted lands. In spite of what you pour into them, they are unable to bear fruit. They are incapable of germinating seeds. Now listen to this one. It says, a cursory glance at every congregation will reveal several salted lands staring at you. Hey. I pray that there's no sorted land sitting here staring at me. Maybe they didn't come. <laughs> he says, Mercy and Atonement. They have been in the church for many years and have heard many sermons. They have been anointed and prayed for specially, but still cannot bear fruits. Much is poured into them, but little can be expected from these sorted ones. May you not be a sorted land in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4. New American Standard Bible. This one is serious, I tell you. you, you it says, For in the case of those who have once been enlightened... And have tasted of the heavenly gifts and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit. And have tasted the good word of God. Hey, I mean, when it comes to this verse, those of us in the Macarius church, good word. I mean, apart from all we hear from the prophet Bishop Dagomus, what we get here in the Macarius Church, good words, as they used to describe KFC, finger licking good. <laughs> I mean, the word, oh, oh, please. By, I mean, the, in the last few is what we've heard about faith. It's a world class message. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. I mean, I mean, yes. Oh no, they have swimming pools. They said this one's an Olympic size. Aha. Yes, please. I mean, we are talking about a message. Oh yes. I mean, the descriptions, wherever Bishop Eddie has been in these last few weeks to preach. I mean, the the accolades and then every time there's another name that is attached to his name I don't know whether you get what I'm saying it's like somebody will mention a big name and say it is like that one oh yeah oh yeah so as for good word dear we have tasted we have tasted we have eaten. This <laughs> is good. <laughs> yes. I mean, when they meet someone say, look, one of these days, Mr. Bedi, you will change water into wine. Because the faith, I mean, faith level near high. And the powers of the age to come. Next verse. And then have fallen away. Hey, please. 
this one should never happen. Say, I will not fall away by the grace of God. But you know, I'm going to read another verse. That may be, well, no, I'm not going to promise. I was going to say that may be the last verse, but I don't think so. And then have fallen away. You see, because there is a link between fruitfulness and not falling away. But, but we'll read it. So please note, note this expression have fallen away. It is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again crucified to themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. Next verse. Hey, for ground that drinks the rain which often falls on it. And you know, the word of God is likened to rain. It says, My speech shall distill as the rain. The book of Deuteronomy. He says, and brings forth vegetation for ground that drinks the rain, which often falls on it, and brings forth vegetation useful to those for whose sake it is also tilled, receives a blessing from God. May this be a description of you. I'm talking about the good word we've received here. That may you be this ground. Which drinks the rain that often falls on it and brings forth vegetation useful to those for whose sake it is also tilled. He said, if you are, if you are receiving the rain and you are bringing forth vegetation as a good ground, you receive a blessing from God. May you receive a lot of blessings from God. May you continually receive blessings from God. In every season of your life, may you be receiving blessings from God. So fruitfulness brings a blessing. That is why barrenness also brings a curse. Next verse. But if it yields thorns and thistles, it is worthless and close to being cursed and it ends up being burned. That's not your story. No. I don't believe that you see because when Jesus was talking about bearing fruits, he made reference to something that could be bent. Back to John chapter 15, somewhere around verse 6. John 15, in the King James. If a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch and is withered. Do you remember the fig tree withered? Right. Yeah, and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burnt. So we've not even started talking about hell or anything yet, but there's burning taking place. So how many believe that we should do everything we can to escape this curse of barrenness. If there's something we can do, by the grace of God, if there's something we can do, then we should, we should be able to do it. We should, we, should, we should ask God to help us to do it. Amen? That's why I want us to read Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 5. Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 5. You see, when it comes to people barrenness, even in the natural, that's where you see desperation. Oh yeah. Oh yes. 
desperation. Desperation. I know a very good brother. He would he wouldn't think of doing anything like that. He's a man of God. But to test the desperation of a lady who was looking for a baby, he asked he asked her a question. He said, So if I tell you that to be pregnant, I will have to sleep with you. Oh, he says, Oh, I'll, I'll agree. Oh, yes, I'll agree. Talking about desperation. Oh, yeah. Because there's, a, there's even a kind of stigma sometimes associated with I mean, one day we did community health in a village. And sometimes some of the women, when they are insulting the other women, even these are women who have given birth, they tell them that you, when you went to give birth, you couldn't even push the baby. The doctors had to remove it for you. (laughs) Yes! I mean, this is a woman who has who has had a, a children. Who? It's like as a woman, I'm superior to you because when we both fell pregnant, but when it came to me, I pushed the baby about you. The doctors removed the baby for you. Hey, what a mindset! So you can see that when it comes to physical violence, people go to every extent, but it seems as though spiritual violence is not a problem. Don't recognize anything, but that's why I believe God is showing us because I was quite shocked when these strong cases, I mean something that's going to be burned, don't go to withered age. It's very, very scary. Very, very scary. You know, one day I spoke to a woman, a church member. She was my church member. She and her husband could not have a child. And I spoke to her, and as we chatted, she told me that, well, my friends have told me. Because she said, we want to do the test. You see, by the way, when it comes to bearing fruit physically, physically, you have a man and a woman, okay? A man must produce the seed or the sperm. Okay. The woman must produce the ovum or the egg. And the two must meet. Uh So it means that the man's factory, which produces the sperm, must be intact. But some factories have been bombed by infection. So they don't produce anything. That's the first problem. So, yeah. (laughs) And then some of them too... What they produce, they are weak. I mean, I'm su- I was so surprised when I went into the embryology lab in Oxford Fertility Unit. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll come to Ghana very soon, by the grace. Actually, this lady, she spoke to me, she was in Tema, the first one, the first one. Let me say that one first before... <laughs> What was I saying, you people? Look, I said, I want to see, I said to them, I want to see spams. They said, okay, we'll show you. 
So they showed me under the microscope. Ah. So I saw they all look like little tadpoles. I'm sure you've seen the tadpole turtles swimming, 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 swimming. Very, very, very swimming, swimming. <laughs> because they are tails. Therefore, it is called mitochondria, which powers them to move. Hey, they can move. But as I looked closely, I saw that some of them were not moving. <laughs> Then I saw that some of them too, they had two tails instead of one tail. I said, hey, it's a dragon. <laughs> and some had two heads. I said, hey, this one, it cannot work. <laughs> and to my surprise, some of them, instead of swimming forward, they're swimming backwards. I said, hey, is it? That's what they say. When there's a curse, eh? instead of moving forward, you are moving backwards. Instead of having one head and one tail, you have two tails or two heads. How can you, how can you do it in life? <laughs> hey, no, 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 no. So if the, the, most of the spams are like that, then you see that there will be a problem. That's why there must be millions of them. So in case one of them are like that, then one good one, which is you. We'll go through. <laughs> you are the one of the one good ones. That's you are okay. Yeah. Then the lady must also produce the ova. And after that, they must pass through the tube. So the tube must be open. But if it's closed, then there's a problem. That's why you have to have in vitro. Do you get me? That the fertilization must take place outside because you see, if you take this the tube, this one tube, this one tube, this is the womb. Okay, so it catches the egg and passes through the tube and comes inside. Do you get me? But if if it is blocked, then they will have to fertilize outside. That's what I call in vitro. Right? This one is called in vivo. You see, ha? Huh, then inside the body. So this one outside the body come and put it inside then it grows. But you see this lady told me that the problem is with my husband. Yeah, I think his factory had been bombed some years ago. Hmm. Now she said one of my friends told me that what you have is not a problem at all. This may be about some 20, 25 years. She says, it's not a problem at all. When you see that you are in your period, just travel to your hometown, one of your former boyfriends. Just when. Oh, that's the advice that the, her friend gave her. So, oh, so, 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 in nine months, when you give, nobody will know. See, I think those days, paternity testing was not. Uh, But it's because of the curse, the stigma. So it's like I must buy on. You know, I've I've heard of women, they so badly wanted to get pregnant, they got pregnant, had this exam session and died. And I'm, I'm, I'm look to them, it's like, look, yes, yes. Yeah. To live. And be considered barren. I'd rather die trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And so as Christians, do we have the same feeling? We don't. We don't. Because we sit in church and even we say, oh, curse, oh, curse, oh, Charlie, by all means, a man of God will come and he speaks on the curse will be 10, then I'll be okay. But there's something to do to come out of the curse of barrenness. And that's what is in Second Peter chapter 1 verse 5. And we look at it then by the grace of God, we'll close. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. And to virtue knowledge. Please take me back to the New American Standard. I like it in the American. You understand some of the things better. Now, for this very reason, also applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence. And in your moral excellence, knowledge. Next verse. And in your knowledge, self control. And in your self-control, perseverance. And in your perseverance, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly kindness. And in your brotherly kindness, love. Verse 8. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing. Wow. And are increasing. Wow. That is every day you have more of them. You have more diligence. You have more moral excellence. You have, you have more of them. And I increase. They render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. King James for that verse. King James for that verse. That same verse, verse 9. For if these things be in you, Verse 8 in James. And abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Verse 10. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do this, ye shall never fall. Do you remember the verse in Hebrews where we said, if they fall away. So your quest, your quest for fruitfulness is what will make sure that you never fall. Yes, your quest for fruitfulness. You see, a brother sat in my room years ago when I was still in medical school in um, Kolibu. Kolibu. <laughs> Kolibu. He said to me that, so, me, I know be like you guys, we see the you they do them. But me, I no say, I no go for. Yeah. He was a Christian, but then he was trying to tell me that you don't have to be out and out, like every day going for retreats and Bible study and this and preaching and all those things. But 
He will be okay. He will be okay. But you see, it's a wrong. You see, because look at that. Go back to the verse. In verse that talks about having the qualities in you and making. You see that they'll be increasing. The New American Standard Bible. Sorry. You see, I like that place where it says, "If you have this in you, and they are increasing, which means that you see the way to go on in God is to keep on going." And I'm telling you that it is one of the ways that will keep you going when you look at your fruitfulness level. I mean, the other day, the prophet was sharing that. When he looks at his church and he compares it to Bishop Oyedepo's church, his church is like a cell group in Bishop Oyedepo's church. So, don't you think such a person will keep on trying to find all these things that that help you to be fruitful don't you think he will continue he says he says he used to go for church growth conference you see paul said that we comparing ourselves with ourselves we are not wise you see you compare yourself with somebody who you should not be comparing yourself with but the standard is jesus and the standard should be somebody else you see they, 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 they go for church growth conferences church growth conferences and if you think that you've got a church of three thousand and it's a big church you'll sit by somebody who tell my church is ninety thousand ninety thousand ninety thousand ninety thousand I mean, I went to Singapore. The church has about 34,000. And they meet in various big auditoriums across the city. So we went to one of them. So the, the auditorium sits about 12, maybe about 12,000 people. And there are two services there. And there are two other auditoria or auditoriums across the city. And we went to sit in one. Just to, I mean, as people were coming and going, coming and going, we also went to sit down. And there was worship going on. When they finished, the assistant pastor came and introduced the head pastor. Asomoa, the head pastor had gone on holiday. So he watched a video. Then we went home. 34,000 members. So if you are walking around and you go and see a church like that, nothing will tell you that you have to look for diligence, you have to look for moral excellence, you have to look for all these things. Where are they? That will help me to become a very fruitful person. Where are they? But if you just compare yourself with your brother, by so last week how many did you pass? Oh. <laughs> The other day, I was teaching some students on how to start a church from the textbook. The first point is that count the costs. The second point is do not be desperate. And the third point is that two or three is enough. How many remember something like that? At least if you've read a mega church book, you will know two or three is enough. And I told them that the mega church book was written in 1999. 
20 years later the double mega missionary church book was written 2019 and I explained to them that you see the prophet is saying in the first love church that 100,000 yes that's the vision for the church now they've gone beyond 25,000 to 100,000 so I asked them that do you think he's doing it is he has a hundred thousand vision with the mind that two or three is enough please please two or three is to encourage you when you start Job 8 7 though thy beginning was small yet thy latter end should greatly end but why have you been doing this for three years and you still have two or three and you are still saying that it's enough where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. <laughs> you see, so two or three is enough is the mantra of the phlegmatic who will not lift up himself and say that how can I gather crowds? How can I get people to follow me? How can I do better? Surely, there must be a way to come out of barrenness. There must be a way. And it comes first from a godly discontentment with what you have now. You must tell yourself that this is not, this is not normal. I mean, look at the figures in the Bible. When church started, there were 120 in the upper room. According to Paul's rendition, there would have been about 500 in that church because 500 saw Jesus before he left. So let's say there were 500 and 120 were shepherds. So they went to the upper room. Then the Holy Ghost fell. Then when they went out, that day 3,000 joined the church. 3,000. So then when you look at it, it looks like, you see, when it comes to church, the figures you must be mentioning must be in the thousands. It's like going to a basketball game and coming back and they ask you the score. Hold on, the score so two one. Oh, wow. mm. What kind of basketball game is that? No, it, 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 scores like two one are not commensurate with basketball. One hundred and nineteen one ten. Aha! Now you know that we are playing basketball. So what we are saying also is that you see we must strive. We must tell ourselves that what we are seeing is not the norm. And that there must be a a way to come out of it. We should be like the lepers who sat at the gates. And they said to themselves that, look, what we are doing here is not a good thing. He 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 said, no, no, actually they were hungry. And they said that, look, there's, 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 there's a siege in the city. If you go into the city Samaria, we are dead. There's no food. Everybody is dying. They are even cooking their children and eating. But he said that if we also arise and go into the camp of the Assyrians or the Syrians, we will die. But I said, look, the way it is, eh, if we sit here, we will die. So let's get up and go. <laughs> if we go and we, be, we, we are saved. Great. If we die, 
would have died anyway. Uh-huh. So there was something in them that one man of God discovered. They were sick and tired of being sick and tired. It's like their state was not good for them. No. So they decided to do something. And you see, you can do something. One of the, one of the, one of the stories I've heard in um, Kenneth Hagin's um, testimony is that he went to a church. And when he went to that church, he was preaching powerfully. He, he loved the congregation. They were doing very well. They would respond to him and everything. But you see, he said that in that church, preaching to them was like the, the, the preaching, the words would hit the wall and come back to him. That's the effect he felt. He, he, he couldn't explain it, but that's how he felt. Then he left. But years later, he came back. There was another pastor there. And this time he said, wow. The atmosphere was very different. So, he, I don't know whether he remarked to the pastor. He must have said something. Then the pastor said to him that, well, when I came here, I noticed there was something wrong. Yeah. We are talking about barrenness. We are talking about a situation that is not. You see, that's the, like the people said. The situation of the land is pleasant, but the ground is the water is bad and the ground is unfruitful. There is something wrong. There is something wrong. So he said, I embarked on a fast, on a seven-day fast. He says, I was praying in the church. First day, second day, I don't know which of the days he was praying in the church as he was walking towards because the church had a kind of pulpit. You know, some churches have a pulpit, you climb into the pulpit. He says, as he was walking towards the pulpit, the rafters, wooden ceiling, opened in the spirit, and he saw a baboon sitting above the pulpit. Say, What? What are you doing there? Calm down. The baboon fell and he said, Go out. So he started following the baboon, and the baboon was begging him, So, no, 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 please. <laughs> Go out. So he followed it out, opened the door, and watched it run into a nightclub, which bent down the next night. He said, After that, the atmosphere changed. There is something in the realm of the spirit which is which 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 is you see you see you see you see you see every every spiritual area every spiritual um every spiritual let's say if you are starting up a center to get five people is a barrier is a barrier and a territory to be overcome to get five after you got five to get ten huh. You know, then after you've got 10 to get 15 or 20, you see, and you see what it is that people settle for where they are because the work involved in breaking to tonight it's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not an easy job. It's not easy. It's not easy. So after they've accepted that a while, after a while, now they start coming down because you, see, you can't also plateau forever. Now, when you plateau, you're actually on your way down. Plateauing is dangerous. That's why he said, the qualities must be in you and are increasing. We must forever be having more of everything. 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 The path of the justice are the shining light. That's shining more and more. Onto it's not so. Let me tell you so, so that I don't forget. Bishop Oedipo, he, he was in his church. 
said, no, the church is not growing. No, it's not growing. He said, elders, let's go and fast and pray. So they were in the church praying. And one day the Lord told him, come out. So he came out of the church and went to stand outside the church. When he stood there, he saw a thick canopy of darkness above the church. I said, that's, that's what is not making the church grow. Yes, Bishop Willie. <laughs> he said, cast it away. He cast it away and the church said, they're growing. You see, the point I'm making is that what we call spiritual ground, eh? spiritual ground is every spiritual ground is contested territory. Let me explain it to you. What I'm saying is that in the spirit you can't move. You see, if you have a church or a fellowship, you are five. To move to ten means that in the spirit you are taking territory. And that territory you want to take, a, a, a ruler of darkness is guarding it. They don't allow you to. They don't allow you to. They are like landlords. They, they don't allow you to. Do you see? So you must strive. That's why every pastor, every shepherd, every basenta leader must be able to engage in territory taking prayers. Territory taking. Territory taking. This area. Because, you see, we, we look like the fig tree. Especially when we are given a title also. Minister Shepherd. <laughs> Basenta leader. Pastor. I mean, you, you, you know, but. I think it's time. I, I don't think I want to go into the qualities anymore, but I'll just read something about territory taking prayer. Then we go home. Because it's about time that we decided that look. No, 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 no. I'm not bearing fruit. It is clear that I'm not bearing fruit. It's clear there's something wrong. And what is even more wrong about it is that I feel okay. I think that's that's the most serious thing. Yeah. We must rather say that no, no. It, it cannot be. It can how can it be? How can it be? How can it be? You see, there are times in my life where I've assessed myself. You see, that's, that's why employment, there's something called the measurement ministry. It's one of the ministers of employment. It is one of the ministers of employment. I was a reverend minister then. I told myself, that, look, I cannot compare myself to this pastor and this pastor and this pastor, even though my title is reverend minister, because the level of fruitfulness they have, I don't have it. Get to the job. Stop moving around with your title that I'm a reverend. Oh yeah. I told my bishop that I'm, I'm, I'm not even happy that I have a title reverend minister and this one is a pastor. No. I'm, I'm, you see, assess yourself. Look at yourself. Tell yourself the truth. Thank you. Tell yourself the truth. Hey. No. You see, and we are also 
blessed that Bishop Eddie has shared with us major faith secret, including the secret that you see. If we enter into, you see, if we take faith and we believe, we'll be able to enter into our rest where we cease from our own labor, just as God sees from his own labor. In other words, sometimes you may think that, oh, I really have to do a lot here, I can't do it. But it looks like there's also a level and a place where if you enter that place, eh, the work is now being done for you. As it were, by the Holy Spirit. I think it's about time we assessed our level of fruitfulness and said, no, no, no. It's not. You see, we don't even look at our. Uh, maybe we don't even look at our charts. Chart C H A R T. Last week, how many I brought? Last month, how many were there? And how is it? Is it an increasing trend? Is it a plateauing trend? Is it a downward? It's like look, we don't even know. We don't even know. But that's what you said. If we were to judge ourselves, measure ourselves, no, there is something wrong. So maybe for two minutes, then we'll close. I'll read to you territory taking ministry of the pastor. Mm. Yeah. It's in what it means to become a shepherd. Which is the blessed book that our prophet has blessed us. So I think you should clap for the prophet for giving us such a book. So in the territory taking ministry, I'll just read a couple of things there. It's time for us to arise. And Moses said unto, oh, let me read this. It says, The territory taking ministry of a pastor is embodied in his vision. Beautiful. If the pastor is a visionary, he will always want to take more territory for Christ. The way you can take more territory for God is through prayer and fasting. Then he says, I always have a new vision for my church. When I had 20 members, I had a vision to have 50. When I had 50 people at the Colombo teaching hostel, I dreamed of the day when I would see a hundred people sitting in church on Sunday morning. When I had 500, I dreamt of a thousand. It is the duty of the pastor to dream about greater territories for the kingdom of God. We are not a social club. Then he says in Exodus 17, 9 and 11, And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I'll stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. When he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. He says, People who take new territories are people who fast and pray. I believe in praying for long periods. I believe in fasting as the Spirit leads. 
Moses' rod symbolizes the power of intercessory prayer. It is the art of traveling in prayer for the ministry. What you see happening in the physical is only a manifestation of what has taken place in the spiritual realm. In other words, you win spiritual territory in the spiritual realm, then it manifests in the physical. Wow. Wow. Develop the art of intercession for taking more territory of God. I'll just mention them. You can go and read them. I pray that. Number one, the art of praying alone for several hours. Yeah, the art. These are prayer skills. And when it comes to these prayer skills, they are, they, are, they are targets. Start at one hour. Go to three hours. Go to five. Go to seven. They are, they are, they are there. Jesus would, could go alone and pray for 12 hours all night. Jesus' all night prayer was not 10 to 4. No, no, no. It was 6 to 6. 12 hours. Number two, the art of leading people into long hours of advancement prayer. Then number three, the art of praying with the Spirit and with your understanding. Then number four, the art of traveling in prayer. Oh yeah. It's when it comes to traveling in prayer. I have I remember two I I, I, I remember two examples. One is the Salvation Army. In Smith Wigglesworth's time, they would go for all night prayer meetings and say that we are going on outreach tomorrow. Lord, give us a hundred souls. Then they would pray all night, knowing that they would get the hundred souls. And they would get the hundred souls. That's prayer for souls, traveling prayer for souls. And the other one is the example of Charles Finney and his father Nash. Hey, those guys. No wonder Charles Finney was such a revivalist that, according to Kenneth Higgin, I think about 80% of his converts stayed. Because before a revival, Father Nash and some people will go and hide somewhere. Maybe three days, no eating, no drinking. They are lying down groaning, interceding and giving birth to the souls. Because you see when a soul is giving birth to in the spirit through a labor word process spiritually, he stays. He's a real born again person. Not the ones we're chasing about all the time. Yeah. One day um, Charles Finney said I've never seen anybody Sweat blood like Jesus did, but I've seen somebody like Abel Clary, his nose bleeding because of intercession. I said, Oh, then we don't pray. Don't pray. David Brainerd, 22 year old missionary, he would kneel in the snow and pray till the snow melted. 22 by 29 years old, he was dead from tuberculosis. Hey. What I want to say is that if we have lulled ourselves into a state of complacency, it's time to come out of it. It's time to tell ourselves, look, 
he said one day he was with his uncle in Sunderland, UK. He said it was a rainy evening. And he said, Lord, make me fruitful. So that was my prayer. And you see, there are times when your prayer connects to heaven in a certain way. He said, I know that God heard my prayer when I prayed in Sunderland. That the Lord, Lord, make me fruitful. And that's what we are seeing today. So we also can pray to the same God. And you hear us. Let's stand to our feet and pray. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary, sanctuary. For sing, Lord, prepare me, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, pure and holy, tried and true, tried and true. With asking, I'll be a living sanctuary. Time, Lord, prepare me, Lord, prepare to be a sanctuary. and ask the Lord to, Lord, make me fruitful. Pray that there may be some engines in me that have been turned off. Ah, there may be these qualities of diligence, qualities of faith, qualities of moral excellence, qualities, things that have gone dead. But Lord, tonight, in the name of Jesus, I am praying, cause there to be a revival, cause there to be a reawakening, Cause it to be a rekindling, oh God, of my love, of my brotherly kindness, of my charity, of my moral excellence, of my knowledge. Things that will make me fruitful. That if I have these things in me and they are bound, I will be, I will not be any more unfruitful. Lord, in the name of Jesus, somebody pray to another Lord. If there's a complacency that has set in, hey, the Bible says that complacency shall be the distraction of fools. In the book of Proverbs, it says complacency shall be the distraction of fools. So I pray, Lord, take me out of a complacent condition. Lord, my figures which are plateauing and going down, there must be something in the realm of the spirits. If you can pray in the spirit, lift up your voice and pray. Pray in the spirit. 
pray in the understanding. Pray the Lord. Ah, just as your servant, Bishop Dagwood Mills, walking in the evening in Sunderland, prayed one day and said, Lord, make me fruitful. We are praying, oh God, because fruitfulness comes for you, from you, oh God, in the name of Jesus. It comes from you, oh God. It comes from you, oh God. It comes from you, oh God. The blessedness of fruitfulness and the blessing of fruitfulness come from you. So we pray, oh God, help us, help us, help us, help us. Move us beyond ourselves, oh God, by the power of the Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, but some of us used to be fruitful. Ah, but our visions have gone away. They have taken wings and flown. We no longer have a vision. But now, oh Lord, help us, help us, help us, help us, help us. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Help us, Jesus. I have made you too small in my eyes. Oh, forgive me. And I have believed in So 
able, O oh Lord, to make us fruitful. And you said that if we bore much fruit, so would we be your disciples and will glorify the Father which is in heaven. Do it for us, O oh Lord. Take us from our state of unfruitfulness into fruitfulness, O oh God. We ask. In Jesus' name. Amen. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, let's pray this prayer for somebody who needs to give his life to Jesus. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I know I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. Please forgive me. Wash away my sins. Write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. I am listening. We believe you have been blessed by this powerful teaching from the Bucarius Church headquarters, East Legon Hills, Accra. Stay blessed. I am waiting.